Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. I'm Annie Reese. This is Politico Dispatch. The Senate is back in session, and if reporter Marianne Levine had to sum up the coming week in one word, it would be... Uncertain. Uncertain. Okay, great. A great thing to feel as a reporter. Yeah, I think we don't really know. And also with with the rise in COVID cases, you know, that also affects the mood of the Senate as well. Today on the show, what you can expect to see now that both chambers of Congress are back and why it might be a new year, but there are all the same problems, starting with COVID. I believe at least four senators have tested positive in recent weeks for COVID. As of last week, Democrats had basically stopped doing in-person meetings as a caucus. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. And so as both chambers are back, where would you say the sort of state of Joe Biden's agenda is right now on the Hill? Right now, there's a lot of uncertainty around President Joe Biden's agenda and what the Senate Democrats are going to do. As we all know, Senator Joe Manchin in December said that he has issues with the current version of the social spending plan, also known as Build Back Better. And the path forward on that really is unclear at the moment. Senate Democrats right now are increasingly focused on trying to pass voting rights legislation. And there's a lot of discussion right now and in the coming week or so about changing Senate rules. And so we expect that to be the main focus over the next seven days. As you mentioned, we saw Joe Manchin deliver a really tough blow to the Biden agenda right before the holidays when he said that he couldn't support Build Back Better, which is now basically hanging by a thread. So how do you think we're going to see Senate Democrats respond this week? tough to say. I mean, in our conversations with them last week, um, they basically said that it's up to the administration and Joe Manchin really to work out a deal at this point. And it's not clear where where the path forward is. Senator Manchin said last week that there is there have been no negotiations. Senator Schumer, the majority leader, however, said that he's been engaging with Manchin and the administration has not provided any specific details yet about any future meetings with Manchin. But we're expecting those conversations to continue as Democrats try to salvage the rest of the social spending bill and try to pass something. But there's a lot of uncertainty about where this goes. And we're going to be, as we have been all year, paying a lot of attention to what Manchin says and what he plans to accept, if anything. Yeah. And there is a fear, right, that if Senate Democrats water the bill down too much to please Manchin to get him to a yes, then maybe House progressives won't be willing to support the bill. So it's this real tightrope. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it feels like Democrats will pass whatever they can get. I think it's, mm. it feels like these negotiations have dragged on for months. It definitely feels like they've dragged yeah, on Yeah. I mean, they have. And so I think that there is a sense that if a deal is reached with Manchin, it would likely pass the House because there's something is better than nothing at this point. Yeah. So what are you, as a Capitol Hill reporter, what are you going to be watching most closely this week? Like, what are you most interested in seeing play out? This week, we're interested in seeing whether there's any movement on Senate rules changes. Right now, Senate Democrats are focusing 
on a couple proposals that are floating around, which include going back to a talking filibuster, as well as changing procedural votes to a simple majority. And so I think right now we're going to be watching this in this coming week about whether or not Democrats can convince Senators Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kirsten Sinema of Arizona to make those changes. And as of recently, Manchin and Sinema seem reluctant to do so. Manchin has always opposed changing Senate rules along party lines using what's called the nuclear option. And Mm -hmm. it seems like he has really not changed his position on that in recent days. And so we're going to watch this push that Democrats are making to pass voting rights legislation and elections reform legislation, and to do so, try to change the Senate rules. But right now, the outcome of that is pretty uncertain, given the fact that they need Cinema and Manchin's votes. And those two senators have had reluctance and have expressed reluctance to their colleagues about doing anything that changes the 60 vote threshold. So we're kind of in no man's land right now in terms of trying to figure out what the Senate Democrats will be able to pass, if anything, in the coming weeks. Yeah, and they don't really have any leverage. No, there's very little leverage, especially in a 50-50 Senate. There's there's no leverage at this point, really. So it's going to be whether or not Manchin and Cinema can be convinced to change the rules. And they've been very staunch defenders of keeping this legislative filibuster. So that's not getting touched. But whether or not they're open to other changes is uncertain at the moment, but seems likely that they're not. And so we have to see how the debate plays out. And Schumer said that he wants to see a debate on the floor about the rules changes, about making those changes. But he himself has said that it could be an uphill battle for the Democrats. So there are these pieces of legislation that have really difficult paths forward. Say neither of them pass in the coming weeks or months, what happens after that? I think it's hard to predict. I mean, we're already expecting a tough year for Democrats, given the recent polling that we've seen and the redistricting of House seats. And so it's already expected to be a tough year, also given historical trends when one party holds the White House and all of Congress, there tends to be a backlash, just historically Mm -hmm. speaking. And so I think it's going to be tough for Democrats especially if they don't get these two these two items or one of these two items passed. But it's hard to predict in this environment. I mean, at the top of what the election's likely to focus on is COVID and inflation. Those are big portions. I mean, Democrats can also say that they passed a bipartisan infrastructure bill, that they passed COVID relief, that they've confirmed a lot of judges. So they do have a big pitch to voters, but a big chunk of their agenda was the social spending bill. And a lot of voters care a lot about voting rights. And so if they can't pass this, this legislation, I mean, it's always hard to predict how something what the effect of something is electorally. We often don't know, but I think that it'll be harder. A lot of Democrats say it'll be harder to, to campaign and to, to convince voters to give them two more years in Congress. And so I think that that's, that, that's at least what Democrats are arguing. They argue that the, these policies are good politics and also will help them win re-election in 2022. But as we know, voters are fickle and it's sometimes hard with elections. to. I, I'm hesitant really to predict how this affects things electorally. Okay. Another looking ahead question. We saw last week that Speaker Pelosi invited President Biden to give the State of the Union address And with that date looming, does that create any opportunities for Senate Democrats or any deadlines? 
I think a lot of Democrats are going to view the State of the Union address as the new deadline for passing the social spending bill. For up until last year, it seemed like the expiration of the child tax credit was the impetus for Democrats to get the legislation done. But it feels like we're potentially going to see the State of the Union address, which is scheduled for March 1st, as the next, quote unquote, real deadline for passing the mm-hmm. social spending bill so that Biden can have has something to say. Yeah. And point, point to the social spending bill as a recent accomplishment. Last week was the one-year anniversary of January 6th. Um, there was a lot of great reporting from many Politico colleagues about about that day and also about how it's really altered the, the mood on the Hill. How much do you think you're going to feel the after effects of that on the Senate side? It seems to be like really pronounced on the House side, partially because there are so many more members. They represent you know an even broader spectrum, arguably like ideologically. How much do you think you're going to feel the after effects of that this week? I think we're going to hear Democrats still continue to talk a lot about January 6th in light of voting rights legislation. I think that Mm -hmm. there's going to be a broader message about um, what Democrats view is an existential fight for democracy. Republicans obviously disagree um, and don't or aren't planning to support the elections reform bill and don't support the policies that are in the in those bills. But I think we're probably going to see we're probably still going to hear about January 6th um, in the coming in the coming week or so. But I, in terms of individual relationships in the Senate and the environment, it definitely feels like the Senate is a little bit less toxic than the House. Um, it seems like the relationships and the animosity towards the other side, that seems to be much more pronounced on the House side than on the Senate side. Marianne Levine, thank you so much for talking with me. Thanks for having me. Also today, a high-profile dispute between the Chicago Public School System and its teachers' union is likely to continue into a second week. Teachers began refusing to show up for their jobs in person last Wednesday as COVID-19 cases in the city soared, prompting the cancellation of classes for roughly 300,000 students in the nation's third largest school district. By Sunday, neither side had announced an end to the dispute. And airlines canceled thousands more flights over the weekend. Bad weather and coronavirus outbreaks among workers continued to disrupt schedules across the United States. Around 5,000 flights were canceled from Friday through Sunday, according to FlightAware, a data tracking service, with more cancellations possible in coming days. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to follow Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and if you can, leave us a rating and review. It helps more people find the show. I'm Annie Reese. Thanks so much for listening.